Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time. Last week, I started talking on the topic of on the topic of the church that Jesus loves. The church that Jesus loves. Everybody remember that? Whoever was with me, the church that Jesus loves. That is the topic. And uh, we're going to continue with part two today. And then um, next month, we have a whole new series that we're going to share and unveil to you all. But next Sunday, next Sunday, we're having church at George Reed Elementary. We're going out there to the park at George Reed and we're going to give candy. We're going to have a good old time with the community. And um, that's the church service. That's our church service. All right. I'll bet you you'll be early to that. But that starts at 11 o'clock. It starts at 11 o'clock. And we're excited about it. Um, there is still time to donate candy, correct? Yes. Because we need tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of candy. Last year, we had over 700 people show up. We were not expecting that. Over 700 people showed up last year. And already this year, already this year, over 1,000 people have demonstrated interest in attending. So, um, guys, we're going to there to have some service and we're going to work. And we are going to be light in the midst of darkness. And that's what we're out there to do, to be salt of the earth, light in the midst of darkness. And we do not want to embarrass Dr. Gladys and, and, and Minister Rob, because that's their neighborhood. That's their neighborhood. So we don't want to go in there, act a fool in there, and tie Keish and Anthony. That's their hood. So we don't want to go in there and mess that up. So uh, we're going to behave. We behaved last year. All right? We behaved last year, and that's why we're back. So this is our second year so be excited about it all right so i started my chat last week on the church that jesus loves with an emphasis on what the church is and what the church isn't and more and more it seems that our hearts continue to grow cold to the very people that jesus wants us to reach in fact while we're going out to the field on Sunday, on Sunday of next week and not come to these four walls is because we want to be able to be an extension of Jesus in the community. And we can't do it within the confines of four walls. So we are not taking, uh, we're not going to have service here. We're going to go out there to George Reed and we're going to have a good old time. Now it seems that more and more the institution of Jesus' church um, has been obscured by ideas and ideals of men. What men interpret to be their idea of what the church ought to be. How many know that Jesus don't need our help? How many know that Jesus don't need our help? So the institution of Jesus' church was to be a place where the rejected, the despised, the unappreciated, the unworthy... The hopeless, the undeserving would feel accepted, would feel embraced, would feel appreciated, would feel worthy, would feel hopeful, and most importantly, deserving. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of hurt in the world. A lot of hurt in the world. And this is the time for you and me to come together and be the light of the world. Jesus didn't come for the elite. Jesus didn't come for the elite of the world or the creme of the creme. Jesus made it clear who his focus was. And I want you to read with me carefully as we read Jesus' description of the church. And um, we're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 9 verse 9 through 13 and i'm going to read out of the new living translation okay uh some of you may have the uh new king james version or the uh, niv the new international version or the uh, nsab the uh new american standard bible oh i'm sorry those letters freaked me out there 
I'm going to read it out of here. It's a little blurry over here. I'm sorry. Uh, Matthew, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named, named Matthew. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Can we give these guys a hand, please? Those are, please, just give me those fonts every time. I'm the old guy, guys. Give that to the young guy. All right, you give it to the young guy. But the old guy, you know, I'm a senior citizen. I like this. Just, just good old-fashioned black and white. Jesus was walking along, and he saw a man named Matthew. And he was sitting at his tax collector's booth. Next. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew... Matthew, Matthew, and did what? He went to HR. He put his his resignation letter. He waited two weeks notice. What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? He got up and followed. Tax collectors were a despised people amongst the Israelites. Especially the Locals, Tax collectors worked for the Roman Empire and they were associated with the people's oppressors of that time. They, they taxed the people and their income was always contingent on the outcome, meaning that their earnings always came from an extra portion that they would always charge over top of what the people already owed. What made matters worse was that the tax collectors of that time were always residents of a familiar territory and they had been always summoned summoned by the empire to do this job. The The Romans didn't do the tax collecting. Nope. They would use the already oppressed to further the oppression. That's what the Romans did. And according to Moses' law, they were considered by they, I'm talking about the tax collectors, they were considered to be an unclean people. They were not redeemable by any offering or any sacrifice. And in the eyes of the rest of the Jews, a tax collector was cut off of the rest of all of the citizens of Judea and all of Israel with no chance of ever entering the local temples or the home of the people. You lived in isolation. So in essence, a tax collector was considered to be a traitor. A traitor. So for Jesus to speak to a tax collector, let alone invite him into the role of ministry, because Jesus said, follow me. Be my disciple. That is scandalous. Reprehensible in the eyes of all of the religious leaders. But what happens next? Let's keep reading this novella. All right? The soap opera. Let's keep reading this. So later, Matthew, the tax collector, you already heard how people feel about tax collectors. But later, this person, Matthew, invites Jesus and his disciples to his as a dinner, as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable <laughs> Did you get that? Sinners. Next. But when the Pharisees, the Pharisees were a group of religious people that were teachers and doctors of the law of Moses. These were, this was, these were the guys that held down the fort when it came to law and to instruction and on. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such? Wow. Scum. Scum. Next. When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. 
Then he added, this is Jesus talking to the teachers of the law. He goes, go on, go learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show, I want you to show, I want you to show, not offer sacrifices. For what happens next? Boom. Come on. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Is anybody a sinner here today? Are you better? Call you out on a heartbeat. Go ahead, doctor. Sinner you. I want to read this story out of the Message Bible because I like the Message Bible. The Message Bible speaks my language, right? It just speaks hood, and, and I like it. So I like the Message Bible. It's me. It's who I am. And the Message Bible reads this way. The same story, but out of the Message Bible. You ready? So this is, this is you don't, don't have to, oh, you could try, try to translate Linda. Try it. We hood. <laughs> you could be hood in Spanish. We could do it. All right, we can do this. But the scriptures are not up because I, I didn't. This is, this is just something I've added. But later when Jesus was eating supper at Matthew's house with his close followers, a lot of disreputable characters came and joined them. When the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company, they had lift, they had a fit and they lift up their voice into Jesus's followers. And they said and asked, what kind of an example is this from your teacher acting cozy with crooks and riffraff? Jesus overheard them and shot back. He shot back. Who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick. Go figure out what the scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite the outsiders, not cuddle the insiders. Cuddle. Cuddle the insiders. What does this mean? Cuddle. It means to treat in an overindulgent and overprotective way. Jesus is telling the Pharisees, I'm not here to cater to a clique or to a preferred people or a preferred race. I am here for those that know they need help. I'm going to ask you, do you need help? Okay, good. Only four people need help. Good. Everybody got it. Good. Very good. See you next week. Get some trick or treat. <laughs> you know, in Jesus' retort, as he is responding to the Pharisees, those religious teachers, you guys are teachers. This is, his, this is what he is expressing. You're teachers. You're masters of Jewish law. But yet you have not mastered God's law of mercy. Somebody say mercy. mercy. Does anybody remember? And I don't, I'm not asking the millennials. I'm not asking the millennials. I'm going to skip the millennials or Gen Z if you guys are here. I'm going to skip you guys. But for, for some of us, the boomers, you guys remember mercy the game? Yes. You don't remember mercy the game? Mercy. It was a yard. It was a, it was a, you know one? Mercy. Mercy, you remember mercy? Nobody remember mercy? Huh? Oh, she's, she's a borderline. She's there. So mercy, mercy did this. Uh, Jacida, come here. Come here. Jacida, this is what mercy was. We would go out, hang out in the um, outside for recess. You guys remember what recess was? Y'all had recess? Y'all had recess? All right. And gym, you had gym? Okay. I'm that old? All right. So mercy was a game you would play where you would interlock your fingers like this, right? And then you would go ahead and use force to twist each other. Don't you strong, girl? <laughs> oh, this ain't work right. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Man, I, I did, this did not work right. And then what you would do is you would use force, right? And you would have to go back in your struggle until one person... One person will overpower the other and go, mercy, mercy, and let go. Okay, thank you, Jacinda. Somebody give her a hand. 
this did not go the way I planned. I ain't think that girl would be that strong. Gosh, she's strong. Mercy. But what is mercy? Mercy is compassion or forgiveness that we show to someone who is within one's power to be punished or harmed. You know you can harm them. You are at an advantage to harm them. But you choose to say, I give mercy. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Because the church of today more and more fails at giving mercy. Because we love punishment. We love the wrath. We love condemnation. And the church that Jesus loves is a church that's full of mercy. It's full of mercy. It's full of mercy. It's full, let me say it, it's full of mercy. See, when the church ceases to exhibit mercy, then the church ceases to be the church that Jesus loves. And it simply becomes another church that loves Jesus. And let me tell you, in our country, we have many churches that love Jesus. And I can tell you, it's very questionable whether or not Jesus loves them. To further understand the intricacies of what a church where Jesus' church is, let's continue to read and discover who this church that Jesus loves is. Now, the part of scripture I want to read, I'm going to jump from this portion. Remember, what did Jesus demonstrate? What did Jesus demonstrate with the first, this first story that we just finished reading? What did he demonstrate? Mercy. Misericordia. Mercy. That's what he demonstrated was mercy. He he saw a man, he knew his condition, he, he knew where he was in life, and he still said, come, follow, be my disciple. He qualified him, he quantified him, instantly brought him right up to ministry. Very different from what we do. We typically like taking people through steps, and you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to Jesus said, come on, man, come on, be my disciple, follow me. That's what Jesus did. That's the first story. Right? That's the first story. And, and I like that because what Jesus told the religious people, Jesus told the religious people, I want mercy. Only the sick people need me. What is Jesus saying? That there are a lot of people that think they are righteous and they're walking around in life feeling righteous because they feel that they don't need Jesus. And Jesus goes, hey man, I don't go where I'm not invited. So in this part of scripture, we're going to talk about Paul. And now Paul has a conversion. He, he goes from being Saul to Paul. All right? That's a big leap. That's a big leap in the name. You know, you drop the S, you become, you drop the S, add a P, he's Paul. But this was what it was. He was Saul before. And before he's caught into uh, ministry, this is where we find Paul. Now let's go to Acts chapter 9. And I want, we're going to read these first five verses and then I want to develop this real quick. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. Listen, he requested letters addressed to the synagogue in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way. The way is what the movement of Christianity was called before they were called officially Christians. They were all part of the way, okay? And he found, uh, of any one of the followers of the way he found there. Continue, three. He wanted to bring them both, both men and women back to Jerusalem in chains. How many know that if you are bringing women, if you are bringing women in that era, you were definitely adding children to this? So scripture doesn't add children, but we can surmise that uh, uh, children were part of this. All right. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. What happened? He fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, 
Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Continue. Is that more? That was it. Okay. Now, we can grasp as we are reading this, Paul's eagerness to inflict pain on the people, the movement of the way, the Christians, based on his trek or his trip, his journey to Damascus. Because in order to travel from Jerusalem to Damascus, it would take four days, four days. And you know what? He didn't care. He was willing to trek, to take that journey at whatever cost, at whatever cost. So if he was going in one direction four days, what's, it, what's two ways? Eight days. So listen, listen to his eagerness in trying to cause and inflict pain to those that were part of Jesus' movement. Now let's continue and read. Now, the reason, the reason that I wanted to chat with you about this particular Bible scripture was simply for the part, the part alone where Jesus responds to Saul when he asks, Lord, who are you? Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? Verse 5, then Jesus says, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. So as we read this, Paul named Saul in that moment, before this conversion, he goes out and he's requesting to oppress Christians. That, that was his heart. I want to oppress them. I want to cause and inflict pain. I don't care if they're men, women, or children, but I want to be sure that they come back in chains. Now, based on what we read, who was Paul inflicting this pain and this mayhem on? Who? 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 Huh? God, come on, say it. The followers, the people of the way. And that's a tricky question. I wanted, to, this, I wanted to hear that. Jesus appears to Paul by this powerful light. And Jesus never said, why are, you why are you persecuting my followers? You know what Jesus said? Why are you persecuting me? You got to get that. I, I hope you're getting that. Who was, who was Saul persecuting? He was persecuting who? The people. Who was he persecuting? The followers. Who was he oppressing? The people. But what did Jesus say? Why are you persecuting me? Guys, this is foundational and I don't want you to miss it. Because when you hurt the people that follow Jesus, you're not inflicting harm on them. You are inflicting pain on Jesus himself. Have you heard anyone who follows Jesus? Let it be clear that you're not hurting the person. You are hurting Jesus. And this is crucial to understand as believers. Why? Why is this important for us to understand? Why? Because we're not independent of Jesus. More importantly, we, we, we are not independent of each other. I, I need Yashida like Yashida needs me. When referring to his followers, Jesus talks about his followers as himself, as his very own body. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22 says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the what benefit of the church next and the church is the church is the church is it is made full and complete by christ who makes you complete the pastor 
the church, the, pa- the, the, the evangelist, the prophet. Who makes you complete? Who? Christ makes you complete. He who, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Is there another one? Nope, that's it. Now, now, what is the church? According to what we read, what is the church? What is the church? What is the church? His body. The church is his body. The church is the very body of Christ. A body is made up of many parts. And they work interdependent. They need each other. I need Mr. Rob in my life. I I can't reject that. I can't deny that. I I need him. And the question today that we had in our morning huddle was a tricky one. It was a hard one because it was, I don't know what you guys were thinking, but you guys, that was your first time doing it? You're fired. (laughs) Y'all got too deep on us. Try to tell us what a friend is. Give us the definition of a friend. Like, man, we ain't know. That's deep. It went deep. Well, you know that? We're more than friends. We're brothers and we're sisters. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up, they make up, they make up. Do you know the constant, the constant conflict that we have with churches and churches and churches and churches that just can't come together, can't come along, pastors that don't talk to each other and church members that can't that can't have fellowship with another church because one wears makeup, the other one don't wear makeup, some wear pants, the other ones don't wear pants, one wears necklaces, pastors are wearing a ponytail, and some people got, it's, it's just, it's a weird, it's weird. It's weird, well, we don't believe that our church doesn't do that. We're all part of one body. Listen, one body. Next. Is that, that, was that, that was it, right? Okay, that's it. Go, let's go to verse 27. All of you. Who? Who? L- listen, listen. Go like this. Yeah, yeah. All of you. All of you. All of you. Not independent. All of you. All of you are Christ's body. And each of you. I don't know who's told you that you're not worthy or you're not qualified or you got to get your life together and get it right. Get it perfect. Church isn't a place that we go to on Sundays. Church is a body. And we're not just anybody. We're his body. We're his body. But this body that we're part of, it's a body that depends. It's contingent on us being together. we got to be together. Church is a body where Jesus is the head of that body. See, a body and a head are never independent from each other. Do you get that? Did you get that? A body and a head are not independent from each other. And this is where, where a lot of people like using the scripture out of Ephesians where the man is the head of the wife. Maybe it's authority. I got authority over you because I'm the head. Oh, you big dummy. You can't separate a head and a body. You can't. These are functional parts, functional roles that we have. That's all that is. So, so stop it. All right, stop it. And I, hope, and I thank God that in this church, we don't have that heart. We don't have that spirit because we don't believe that reckless teaching. Thank you. One person believes that. Good. That's good. Corey, you better say that's good. You married a Dominican. <laughs> she ain't going to let you be. She ain't going to. Yeah, try it. <laughs> she looked at him. She go, go ahead, say it, say it, say it, say it, <laughs> say it. <laughs> See, a body, a body is separate from the body, uh, from the head or the head of the body. They are inseparable. They're, 
They're always united. The inability to communicate and interact between a head and the rest of a body, it's what in medical terms, doctor, doctor, uh, Dr. Dora, who's back from Puerto Rico, Dr. Dora, it's a quadriplegic. There's no, there's, there's no communication between the body, the extremities, the four main extremities, and the head, quadriplegic. Many churches live disconnected from the head. In essence, they are spiritually quadriplegic. Separated. And the reason I want to bring this up this morning is because understanding what the church is helps us to find our place within God's body. It helps us acknowledge the roles of others in our own lives. When I tell you that I need Dr. Gladys and Minister Robert in my life, I am telling you we need them in our lives. It's a necessity. Becky, it's a necessity. Um, my brother uh, Lonnie Clark was with us on Wednesday. And that's, he's medicine to us. He's medicine to us. Why? Because our, our age group can have certain conversations that I can't have with a different age group. And it's not an insult. It's just generationally, we can communicate and understand things at a deeper level. Why? Because our relationship is, ha has developed now in, in an era of what's called wisdom. You don't get wisdom in college. You don't get wisdom in college. You can't go to school for wisdom. You, you can't go. Why? Because wisdom is a measure of time. Yes. Amen. So the young people that despise old people, you're not despising the old people. You're despising the opportunity to gain some wisdom. Yes. Yes. So, so we need each other. So there are times where I sit, I could sit with these guys and, and kick around some ideas and some things and, and then I get rebuked and, and I get helped and, and, and so I need them and they need me. But we all need each other. And in this body that we are a network that needs each other. And listen, this is Jesus' plan. This is his institution. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part. Where did he put them? Where did God put them? Where who wants it? Where who wants it? God. Continue. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one Continue. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head, the head, the head. Yo, religious people that are looking at Ephesians, reading it wrong. The head can't say to the rest of the feet, can't say what? Is there more? Nope. Okay, thank you, Jada. Let's give Jada a hand. Doing an amazing job. We, we need each other. We depend on each other. Young and old, no matter what your status is. We need each other. I tell the young people, your next resume is right here. Get to know some people. Take some people out to dinner and to lunch. Sit down and have a cup of coffee. And, and, and listen to what can come out of it. Have a, 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 you want a good reference? It's nice to have a reference from somebody, somebody that has experience and connections. We're living in an era where young people just chase after young people. That's it. And we, we old guys, we're okay with that. We're, we're okay with that. But we all need each other. You know, as a body... God has placed you to fulfill an assignment and a purpose, not just in the world, but in his church. You just don't come to church on a Sunday to clap your hands, stomp your feet, get a good inspirational word and go home and then do it again next Sunday. 
Thank you, Corey. No, that's that's ungodly. Look at your per the person next to you and say that's ungodly. That's not why we come to church. That's that's not why we come. Sit down. <laughs> Yo, he looked at me so angry. <laughs> uh, listen. <laughs> oh my god yo those lagunas are mean man don't mess with them lagunas <laughs> but but oh what was i saying i forgot what i was just saying that's right yeah it's ungodly yes <laughs> it's it's ungodly to come to church and think and, and think that we only come to church to sing songs or it's only, it's, it's ungodly to come to church think because, hey, I've come here because I need prayer. Or, or it's ungodly because I just, hey, I come here to give money. Or no, I just come to church because, I, and on it. No, I come to church because I need to connect with the people in the church. I can't be a body if I'm home. I can't be a body if I'm not connected to the rest of it. Are you getting this? Everybody's getting this? Yes. Nobody's getting offended. No. Right? No. You better not. <laughs> Don't. But many Christians are more concerned with their life purpose, with their life ambitions, with their life aspirations than they are with God's purpose for you in his body. Think about that. When was the last time you asked yourself that? What is my role in God's body? Where does God want me in his church? They don't believe at times that they're not important enough, that they're not worthy enough, that they may not be needed enough. They see their contribution as very little value. And so they easily grow discouraged even while attending church. They are in Christ and belong to Christ, but they still live defeated lives. Jesus said, and this, this is not on the screen, uh, so it's okay, Jada, don't, don't freak out. But out of first, I'm sorry, but out of John 15, verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. Then he says, For apart from me, for apart from me, and we just learned who is who who who, who did Jesus say was me? Huh? And this is Jesus says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. So this morning, I want you to ask yourselves a few questions as we're wrapping up. Where do you belong? Number one, where do you belong? Ask the person next to you, where do you belong? Yeah, ask them. Hey, where do you belong? In the body of Christ... Where do you belong? Sergio, where do you belong? Rodney, where do you belong? Number two, in his body, what is your assignment? What is your purpose? What is your assignment? What is your purpose? Where's David? Huh? She got her own service. Hey, David, does this body need help? Does this body need help? Yeah. Ah. Pastor, oh, Pastor Jose. He's in the back, too. What's going on in the back over there? Oh, what is it? He's, he said, we need help. That's what's happening. No, that's what's happening. We need help. You got one guy wearing five rolls, 
Six and, and gals. Paul just buried his mother. And I say this, I don't say this to be crass. Paul Edwards just buried his mother last week. And he's back already teaching kids. And the reason he's teaching kids is because we need help. We need people to be part of God's body get involved and do it because you understand that there is meaning there is worth there is purpose behind what you're doing number three am i part of a body ask yourself that am i part of a body i, I know i attend church but am i part of a body am i connected in that body for those that are online don't go whoo i'm glad i'm not here today that's for you too get connected Make it. <laughs> who's online? Let me see who's online. <laughs> look, look, they're getting off. <laughs> but you know, to answer those questions, it takes some time, and I get it. It, it takes time because sometimes you come to church, and, and it could be a little, it could be a little murky, not understanding where do I belong, where do I connect. Uh, but, but, but. Here at Scarlet Note, I want you to know that we want to come alongside of you. We want to work and walk alongside of you and connect you and find and help you find your way, help you find your place. We have a we have we have a wonderful group of men in this church. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna say that one more time. I'm gonna say it one more time. We have a wonderful group of men in this church. I, I love I love that the ratio of men in this church is a little higher than it is in your typical churches where women uh, have the highest volume. And yes, women, you rule. I get it. I know it. I, I'm just giving my brother some credit. We have a lot of great guys in this church. Great, great, great guys. Young people, you would be so blessed to connect to some of these men. Listen, I'm telling you, you would be so blessed be able to connect to some of these men. We have a wonderful group of women. Wow. And obviously some of the women have deep voices. We have a wonderful group of women in this earth. And it's beautiful to see women, women look back at the younger generation and go, can I take you to lunch? You want to spend some time with me? Debbie Jones, I want to say thank you. Miss Debbie Jones, I want to say, man, you. <laughs> Debbie, Debbie Jones started her own church. And, and, and I love her heart. And I love her spirit. She, I mean, she's texting kids and texting young people and having lunch with them and spending time with them and pouring into them. God bless you for that, man. God, and the heavens open over your life. And for anyone here that feels like your time is coming, you, you're no longer relevant, I'm here to tell you that is demonic, that's not of God. Until we have a pulse beating, we will always be needed and useful in the service of God. Always. So I say this, I say this to encourage you all. We belong to a body. To a body. And this body is what? One. And this body is Jesus. And when we hurt each other, we don't hurt each other. We are hurting Jesus. Um, what's your name, child? What's your name? JD? 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 JD, take your, take your headphones off. Take your... Boop. Yeah, take them off. You're in church. Listen to me. <laughs> stand to your feet real quick, JD. I want to. I want to. I want to try something. JD, stand up. Right, beautiful. Uh, um, and and right next to you. Um, don't tell me your name. If you tell me your name, I will kick you out of this church. <laughs> but I know I got a Corey. I got a Anna. Can you guys stand up real quick? Yeah, Jarita. Uh, Ramos. All right. Okay. Quap. Stand up, Quap. 
There you go. George, stand to your feet. Denise, stand to your feet. Okay. About the... Amy, stand to your feet, guys. Stand to your feet. I can't see because of the light, but uh, I know that that's um, Jazani, right? Jazani? Okay. Jazani, can you stand to your feet, mamita? Is that Gladys or Santiago or something? Santiago or something? Wanda. Santiago, okay. All right, good. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to ask uh, Lonnie. Lonnie, stand, please. Right there. Umberto. Mimi. Come on. Alejandro. Papito. Yeah, Christian. Okay, Dina. Okay. And um, Taikish. Ani. Gladys. Could you get Gladys's certificate, please? We got to get this woman. Let's get her certificate, please. Cristina Bianca. Mylon. Is that Tamika Green? Tamika, welcome. Good to see you again, girl. Welcome. Welcome, Loretta Mason. Loretta Mason, hi. Now, you guys stand to your feet, mom, mom. That's Miss Evelyn. She's like, what's making me stand up? I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm trying to get out of here. <laughs> Miss Debbie Jones and Johnny Crowder and Rob and Hannah. Please stand. Uh, Marcos, come on, Marcos. Stand to your feet there, Bobby, and, and um, your wife there, Jazz. Um, and uh, Alexis, Monique, Robert, and Dr. Gladys, stand to your feet, guys. The Coopers, let me get Coopers to stand to your feet there. Jemida, Bryant Harper, Jashida, and, 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 and I want Greg and, and Melissa. Come on, guys. Just join us. Did I say Greg? That's not your name, is it? Kevin. It's Kevin. That's good. Hey, no, but listen... Hey, hey, uh, so uh, uh, that was a prophetic moment. So your name is now. <laughs> oh, man, let me get you guys. Man, I, I, I just love to hear you guys. Um, and then, and then um, Carlos and Nubia, please stand. Please stand. Anid and Rodney, stand and. Just stand. Sergio. Come on, Peter. Stand to your feet, Sergio. Rosita. Uh, Miguel. Brianna. I, you better stand, Isaac. Uh, Rebecca. Come on, Rebecca. Alexis. We got Jaira in the back, and I appreciate you, Anthony. Did um, your wife leave, Rick? V left? Oh, she, she's with the kids. Yes, yeah, we, we need help. <laughs> Becky Ingrid, Pastor Stan, man. Now, what I'm going to do is briefly, briefly, I'm going to do this the other way, right? Now I'm going to ask Dr. Gladys. She's going to come up. And Dr. Gladys, she's just going to call out your name. And as she calls your name, you're going to sit down. Come on, Dr. Gladys. Come on. What happened? There's something wrong, person. This is Dr. G in the house. This is our house. We've been here seven years. What happened? Can I just No, 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 listen. Doc, thank you so much. I was just messing with you. No, 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 listen, 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 listen. And, and the reason the reason I just do this messing around, I do this messing around, but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, it doesn't cost us to pause for a moment and get to know each other. That we are more than just a face. 
that we learn names, that we learn who we are and how we are. Because if, if, we, then, if we don't know, and we can't be a help to each other. So at this moment, I want you to close your eyes. And as you are praying this morning, I want you asking yourself, asking yourself, what is my purpose in his body? Can I do more? Am I doing enough? Please, and if I didn't call your name like Sophie and I didn't call, just don't be, don't be offended. I'm just saying, just, just, it was just, just a quick assignment here, but, but I want you to ask yourself, am I doing enough? Can I do more? Heavenly Father, I pray over each and every one of the people that are here today, your sons, your daughters, Lord, that you are not concerned with where they are, except where you want them to be as they follow you. Father, I pray for a spirit of boldness in their lives. I pray that as they leave here today, that they are encouraged, empowered, and inspired, Lord, to ask and, and hunger after you, Lord, and in their place in your great body, the church. Father, I pray for those that are online as well, Lord, that, that they can also be connected, Lord, that, that regardless of what the condition or the situation is, that they have worth, they have value, Lord, that they have purpose, there's an assignment for them as well. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that we are always encouraged by the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.